this. I don't get to laugh into the intro. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, welcome you guys to the Be Love podcast. We're now recording, so I might be calling this the Be Love Conversations. That would pop drop in my spirit like right before you came on, Pastor Julie. So I, I love like, Be Love Conversations. I don't know. That goes right to me. Y'all, today we have a very, very, very special guest. It's so heartwarming to just see her face and to have her here. She is Pastor Julie Signorelli. She and her husband, Mike Signorelli, are the lead pastors of a global church called V1 Church. Holla. Based out of Long Island with campuses literally everywhere, Florida, Cali, Indiana, more coming, more launching. God is doing so many things through their ministry. I personally get to glean from it and call them my home church. Um, she's a spicy preacher girl who does not shy away from the pure truth of the gospel. She's a girl mom and the leader of Free Women Collective hosted on YouTube, where you can catch her there. So Pastor Julie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. me. It's an honor. I love what you do. I love what you're about. And I'm so um, honored that you would have me, so I don't take it lightly. (laughs) I can't can't with your humility. Stop it. Oh, so y'all, why I, um, what we are conversating today is to really speak to those who are on the fence of getting to know Jesus, um, and not from, um, you know, your own view of TikTok videos or, um, anything that you can glean from another mouth. We, we really pray that this, this recording, um, you ponder on it and that the Holy Spirit ministers to you through our experiences with him, especially Pastor Julie. I just really sense that she's been through some things that have truly taken her from just a church girl to a Jesus follower who she is intertwined with his spirit, abiding in him and allowing him just to lead her and I'm excited to um, allow her to just really elaborate on what that looks like. So that way it's simple to you. And that's something I love about her is they keep it real. They keep it simple. So Pastor Julie, with that being said, yeah, um, I'm going to go in. Okay, girl, I'm just going to ask you. Go in, go in. No filter. <laughs> Let's go. So how did you meet the Lord? Okay. And when did you receive his spirit? And explain how that was for you in its reality. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I was... So blessed, so fortunate that I am, um, let's see here, one, two, third generation spirit-filled believer. And so I'm very thankful. I had two loving parents who raised us up in the things of God, um, raised us up in spirit-filled environments. Um, So not only did we believe you know, the Bible, we did, not only did we believe that as our foundation, but we also believed that the things in it were true and for today. And so um, I was really blessed. I mean, I was born during the week and by the weekend, you know, my little newborn butt was in church. And so, <laughs> you know, we didn't mess around in the Owens house. That was my maiden name. And uh, I'm so thankful. And I know that isn't everybody's story. Um, and so I, I'm grateful that that is my story. Um, You know, but as you grow up and you're a teenager, you know, it's like because our church was a spirit filled environment, I remember wishing I was Catholic because their church was so it seemed so normal to me. And as I got older and got embarrassed and, you know, you want to impress your friends. And um, I remember my friends coming to visit and it was like that one Sunday that they would come like (laughs) 
the Holy Ghost would break out. And I mean, I just remember sitting there sweating. And I, I wouldn't say, I mean, maybe I participated in different instances. Um, I was more of a spectator for sure. Um, you know, I was not a like super like outgoing kid and as far as the things of God at that time. And so I do remember, you know, straying from the Lord, at least I just, it just seemed so weird and I didn't want to be associated with weird, you know, and, um, but still loving God, but not really following him, just kind of riding on the coattails of parental, you know, (laughs) parentals, like their, their spirit, their spiritual life, you know? (laughs) So I had to learn, um, what it was like, to serve God on my own. I remember making that decision when I was like a freshman in high school, um, found a church that had a great youth group and my parents were gracious enough to let me go. And that really helped foster that personal relationship, you know, with the Lord. Now I know I'm grown and mature enough to know that that can happen anywhere, um, that I, you know, didn't need to go to a different church to have that happen. But for whatever reason, that's where I landed. And it, and it did, it fostered, Um, God used it in so many great and wonderful ways um, and used those people in ministry to see things inside of me that even though other people around me had already seen, I loved to sing. And so I had a worship leading gift. I loved to, you know, serve in the ministry. So I had like a serving gift, but it was maybe outside of the usual people who, who didn't grow up with me that saw those things. And maybe that's why, I don't know, it felt. It, it felt more like it was my relationship with God and not just my parents' relationship with God. Um, again, those are things I see looking back, but needless to say, I got involved in a church that had a vibrant youth group and kind of went from there. And that relationship with the Lord then became, uh, personal to me. It was no longer, you know, my mom's relationship with God, my dad's relationship with God. And so that's when I, you know, received salvation, um, as, as a, as a teenager who was now accountable to the Lord. And I'm so glad I made that decision. Um, and so that's when, you know, I was able to walk that out, like walking out my salvation with fear and trembling and, um, receiving his spirit. I think was that a question that you had asked me? Okay. So you know, I believe that when we accept Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit. Now being baptized in the Holy Spirit, that's different, right? When we receive Jesus, we receive that salvation. But there's this next step of water baptism, you know, that we believe we call at our church, we borrow Jimmy Evans words where he says, it's the wedding ring of Christianity. It's, it's, I am publicly, um, saying that this is a public confession. I'm not just married in private. I am married to my faith in public. And, um, and, but when we receive our salvation, we get the Holy spirit. Um, that's how, why we feel things like conviction. That's why, you know, somebody are like, I just have a feeling. I'm like, no, 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 that's the Holy ghost. He's trying to help you. He's trying to lead and guide you. But being baptized in the power of the Holy ghost is, was different. And that probably happened, uh, maybe a couple years later. I remember, um, being in a service at church camp and just praying in tongues. And I was like, okay, here we go. You know, this is weird. Now I'm the weird one, right? The thing that I'm so embarrassed about, here I am. And, um, I received that power and that baptism. And that's where I feel like the Lord really, you know, pushed me more into ministry because I had that boldness, you know, I wasn't hiding anymore. Right. Right. 
it's amazing how his spirit really activates so much. And so you yeah. would consider it incredibly important to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, right? Oh, absolutely. And, mm-hmm. and you know, unfortunately, we have this theology that says, you know, it isn't for today. That was for that time. And I would say, well, like it is for everybody. It's for every believer. It's for every mom. It's for every dad. It's for every kid. It's for every teenager. Um, It's for every child. And there's no age limits. You know, Um, God has always used very young people to do very significant things. And so, you know, we are not allowed to put age limits, gender limits, um, position limits on the Holy Spirit. And the whole, I think, we have, I think people think like, well, you know, I like the, the chills of the Holy spirit. I don't necessarily want to speak in tongues. And my thing is like, listen, this stuff is real. Like I, I I love what somebody said. They're like, if you went to Walmart, you need the Holy ghost. And it's so true. (laughs) (laughs) There's no joke. It's for every single person, regardless of their upbringing, regardless if they grew up, you know, whatever religion, um, once you come to Jesus, it is a new life and the power of the Holy ghost is for you. Speaking in tongues is for you. And, um, it's okay to get a little bit weird. It's okay. (laughs) Would you say, would you say like on that note, would you say that you haven't really experienced anything until you receive his Holy spirit? Like, you know, for so long, you know what I mean? Yeah. I truthfully. Okay. So I'm third generation tongue talker. And I don't know, maybe there, there were more prior to my, wait, no, great grandpa, grandpa, my dad. Okay. No, I'm fourth generation. All right. I lied. I lied. All right. Four generations deep. Okay. Um, and so, (laughs) you know, it's so funny because I remember as a kid being like, gosh, I just wish we went to a normal church, like, (laughs) you know, and, but I think, um, you know, things, when you, when you get around the throne room of God, things look a little weird. You're talking about creatures with weird eyes and, um, saying weird things and, you know, talking about the blood. It's like, okay, that's a little bit weird. Right. (laughs) And so, um, when people want to put like parameters on the Holy spirit, um, they're also putting parameters on the power that's in the Holy spirit. And I would 10 times rather as a pastor, say, you know what, we're going to believe for all of it. We'll disciple out the weirdness. You know, if there's some weird or some weird toxic theology that you brought in from some rando church, you know, wherever it's like, we can disciple that out, but I'm not going to shut it all down because I'm scared of things being uncomfortable. And so, yes, there's nothing like the power of the Holy spirit. I'll guarantee you that I'll guarantee you that for sure. (laughs) Man. Um, I, I have, uh, been able to watch people, um, I guess, I don't know, from what I've been able to witness too, it's like, um, there is this very baseline of, uh, Christianity, I guess you'd say, uh, where you're able to go until basically what you're elaborating on, you know, it's like, um, when I just know like the first two years of being a Christian, I did not have, I wasn't like, filled with his spirit. You know what I mean? I was a Christian, but like, I did not know how to hear from him. I, I mean, um, his word was still somewhat, you know, confusing to me and things like that. Right. Um, but being baptized in the power and the fire of the Holy spirit, that was just tremendously life-changing for me. Um, and how I viewed everything, like everything almost like came to from 
black and white to just full HD color. You know, it's like, whoa, there's a whole different realm that you tap into with the power of the Holy Spirit. And I feel like we miss out on that whenever, um, you know, we don't really avail ourselves to all that he has by his spirit. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And Um, I think people are afraid. They're afraid of losing control. Like, well, what happens if I start speaking in a in a tongue and and I think what we have to remind people is listen this is a free will participation which means yeah. the holy spirit is not going to come into your you know uh vocal cords and he's not going to move your mouth and do it for you this is something this is a huge step of faith and yeah. I think that's what makes the holy spirit so inc- being baptized in the and the Holy Spirit with the evidence of tongues specifically, I think that's what makes it such a powerful experience is because it's the first time that we're, we're really kind of activating our faith in, in another level. So it's no longer what we want to pray, what we want to say, what we want to do. We are truly giving control. And by faith, we are using our vocal cords, our will to, um, begin to speak in another language. Actually, Robert Morris, he does such a great job. He's a pastor out of Texas. He does an incredible job. He has a book called The God I Never Knew, if anybody's looking for a better resource than me. Um, but he has an incredible book all about the Holy Spirit, about what that means to be baptized. And it's so funny because he describes it just like that. It's like, it's your it's your sound, it's your mind, but it's not your words. And it's the first time in your life that you're fully surrendering that control. And so I think the power in it is losing your your own power in it. You're, you're selflessly saying, you know what? I'm not in control here. Um, you know, I have self-control in my volume. I have self-control in my body. Um, but I don't. I don't know what I'm saying and I don't know how I'm saying it, but I'm yeah. fully submitting it to that control. Yeah. So yeah, there's nothing like that. No way. Like I, all these Gen Z trying to chase a spiritual experience. I'm like, give the Holy Ghost. That'll be the most spiritual yeah. experience you ever, I'll <laughs> ever experience. All day. All day that, yeah. that one right here. But I love, I personally on that note, I love how you guys are discipling Gen Z. I love how y'all don't shy away from treating them just like adults, you know what I mean? Yeah. Of, you know, feeding them sound theology and, and true Holy Spirit. Um, I love that one time where Pastor Mike was like, turn off all the music because we have people saying that this is emotional because of the music. Turn it off. Like, you know, I'm dependent completely on the Lord, on the Holy Spirit. We don't need no music if that's the case. Like, to yeah. For all you spectators, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, listen, listen. <laughs> I love it because it's so true. It's so real. When God moves, it, he moves it. He really, the, the, the music is there for hype for sure. It's, it's, it's like there's power in worship. Absolutely. Sure. But he can, he's so powerful that he can do without, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, absolutely. Like the room and I love it so much. And I just wish that like, or I pray and hope that people really, when they come across this, 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 conversation that they uh it intrigues them to just and okay so that would be my next question I guess like yeah what's the simplicity in in receiving that I mean is it just for a certain type of person or do you have to be a certain way come from a certain background like yourself or like who's this for how do you attain it so I think you have to if you've been given bad theology around 
the Holy Spirit. And and I think a great way to align it is one, read the Bible. Okay, (laughs) read that. And then, you know, you find great resources like The God I Never Knew by Robert Morris, incredible book. Jimmy Evans has a a book called 10 Steps Towards Christ, where it talks specifically one chapter is dedicated about the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues, what that does for you as a believer, that you are literally communicating with God. Um, You're praying his will. Um, And so how do you do that? I mean, you, well, number one, you need to be a believer. You need to accept Jesus um, as that he is the only way to the father. There is no other way to God except through Jesus. He is the gate. And when people are trying to say, well, you know, he's a prophet or I like spiritual things. I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious or, you know, I'm down with Jesus, but I ain't going to do this thing and that thing and whatever. It's like, no, 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 no. You don't get to pick. You don't get to, to cherry pick the gospel. You have to fully submit to his will, his way. You got to do it his way. And once you fully submit your life to Jesus, you are now ready to number one, be water baptized, which is really important. Don't skip that step, but don't over spiritualize it either. You know, you could do it in your bathtub or do it in a pool or wherever. Um, if you have some physical elements, you could just pour some water on your head. Like, you know, you don't need to over overthink it, but you do need to take that public confession step. And then after, well, you don't have to wait for that, but the Holy Spirit, after salvation, you are ready to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You don't have to wait weeks. You don't have to wait days. I know so many people who I've prayed with at the altar who've accepted Jesus. And then I say, do you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Immediately, they start speaking in tongues. Um, And here's the thing. Everybody has tried everything else. Nothing's worked. Nothing's brought clarity. Nothing's brought change. Um, And you know, people say, well, I I don't, I don't want the baptism of the Holy Spirit because it's weird or because I, you know, went to a church where they smacked me on the head or they did, you know, they said they made me wear a skirt or whatever, whatever the, whatever it is. Um, and they start taking these things that, that are man-made and they put those limitations on the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit didn't do that. That was just man stuff. That's, that's just bad, you know, teaching or, or cultural things or whatever. Um, people are weird. The Holy spirit is not weird. There's nothing weird about it. <laughs> I love it. People are and weird. It, the Holy spirit is not. Okay. <laughs> and so if you've been, a, been subject to being around weird things, well, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like you just focus on Jesus and you focus on everything that he has, you know, when he was ascending into heaven, he said, go make disciples, um, baptize them in the name of the father, son, and the Holy spirit. Um, go do all I've commanded, you know, all, 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 we hear that word over and over and over again. You know, the Holy spirit is for you and it is power for service. When we were young, we would sing the song, the Holy spirit, the Holy ghost. That's how he said, the Holy ghost will take the chicken out of you. And we'd say the Holy Ghost, take the chicken out of you. The Holy Ghost, take the chicken out of you. And we would sing the song. But what it was saying is the, the, the parts of you that are fearful, the parts of you that are broken, um, the parts of you that feel ill-equipped for the work of the ministry, the Holy Spirit will take that out of you. Um, you are not 
you're not enough. That like what Pastor Mike preached on Sunday, you're not enough. Um, I'm not bold enough. I'm actually not bold at all. Um, I don't like big crowds. Um, the fact that our church is as big as it is stresses me out. It does not make, I I like small. I would probably be a pastor of the best, like 100% country church in the whole world. Um, because that's my comfort level. But when I, um, feel ill-equipped when I feel like I don't know how to step into this next thing. I'm praying in the spirit, Lord, you know, and, and I'm just, I'm just praying because I don't know what to pray sometimes. And the Holy Spirit empowers me for service. It takes the chicken out of me. It takes the yuckiness out of me. Um, because I'm human and I'm, just because I have Jesus and he's washed me in his blood and I'm, I'm following hard after him doesn't mean I don't have days where I don't know what to do or what to say. And in that case, you need the Holy spirit as a comforter. You need the Holy spirit as somebody who goes before you. Um, it convicts my heart. Uh, but it also boldens me for the work of the ministry. And we all got work to do, whether you're a pastor or not. Preach. That's a word. (laughs) That's a whole word. Yes, absolutely. Um, I love that because it, it truly takes the pressure off of trying to like the religion. It takes the pressure off of being religious. You know, with religion, we really don't ever we aren't able to overcome sin. We aren't able to really move forward in boldness. Like it's just it's just the reason why we're able to is because of his spirit within us, right? Like that's the only reason that's the only we give him all the props because it's truly, we know who we are without him. And I don't know, I'm sure that you've, you know, been there in the the place of just reality of just like uttering it. Like who the heck am I without you, Lord? Like I am literally nothing without you. Like literally everything in my life revolves around you. I'm, I don't, who would I be? Where would I be? You know what I'm saying? Like what it's, it's only by his spirit, you know, and coming from uh, my background is a lot about a lot like uh, pastor Mike's background. And so I love that his, his testimony gets to minister to me so much in so many ways, you know, and just being able to be delivered and overcoming lots of just of those childhood traumas and things without therapy for a long time. In December was the first time I ever put myself in therapy this past year, just because of things. But before yeah. then, even so, like, I don't even know how I was able to overcome lots of things. It's just truly by his spirit, by his spirit, lean, like you were saying, his word, like leaning into his word and applying his word. And then day, like you were saying earlier, the convictions that you feel when you're, when I'm disrespectful to my husband, there is that oomph in my spirit. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, oh, <laughs> And so he truly is our mentor, our, our father, our friend that just holds us accountable. And it's just, it takes all of the pressure off of us of trying to be perfect because his spirit is the one that's purifying us. Yes. The journey, you know, like an everlasting sanctification. I believe someone said, I can't remember who it was, but that's just what it is. And I love that it takes the pressure. So for those who are, who are like, well, I can't serve Jesus, even though this sounds amazing, but I can't because I'm just not good enough. Let me, there's always that that thing of like, let me clean my life first and then I'll come yeah. serve Jesus. And it's like, dude, dude, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's not like that. He is a God that just takes us where we are yes. broken, you know, bruised shambles and things. 
Um, and in the midst, I, I picking your brain, Pastor Julie, like um, in your journey, you know, where, even though, you know, you were raised and you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit for a, a hot minute, I'm sure that there have been times, can you elaborate a little bit about how Christianity or truly walking with the Lord isn't all sunshine and rainbows all the time? Like the pruning, the cleansing, all that good stuff, like that does come, but what what is that like? And how is it that we stay with him through those times in order to overcome? You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the, the lie that the American church has sold to people is that when you come to Jesus, everything in your life is fixed. And that just isn't the case. You know, um, there are people that once they start walking for Jesus because of where they grew up or where they live, you know, forget America. Let's talk about places where, you know, Christianity is outlawed. Now they're suffering for the gospel. Well, man, that doesn't really line up with, Hey, Pray this prayer and your life is good. You're going to be rich. You're going to have the best marriage ever. Your kids are going to love you. Um, You know, there are times where parents are going after God and their kids get rebellious. Okay, well, where does that line up with with that theology then? What what do you do with that? Um, And so suffering, um, hardship, the Bible, in in the Bible, there's a verse that says, there may be peace, there will be trouble. It's it, it basically, those are the kind of the two opposing, you know, lines in the scripture. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, I think about that often, like I might have peace, I will for sure have trouble. So I have to know what to do when I hit, you know, a speed bump. Now, now should there be seasons of, um, you know, prosperity in our life. I hope so. (laughs) Should there be blessing? Man, I hope so. Um, But what does bless mean? Bless could mean, you know, you're healthy. Bless could mean you got, you may not have more than enough, but you got enough. Um, Bless can mean different things in different seasons. I look at a season when we were in suffering where we felt blessed. Now we're not anywhere near where we were at now. Um, maybe, you know, at that time we're in a 600 square foot apartment, we're pinching every penny, we're making meals stretch, you know, we're doubling, we're doing whatever we can, like not going there, one car family, no car payment, um, budgeting our gas out, you know, but I felt blessed and I look back and we were blessed. Um, then we had different seasons where maybe there was a little bit more than enough and that felt blessed. And so I think it's, um, when you have the Holy spirit. He can help you navigate the areas where you're seeing God's mercy um, in your life. And so when we say, like, how do we persevere through trials? Um, I think for us, it has been finding God's goodness in any amount of suffering and saying, well, you know, he didn't have to do it, but he did. Like, cause we're still here. You know, we're still, our hearts are beating. Um, we, we have a sound mind. Um, you know, the circumstance may, might be less than ideal, 
but we have the power of the Holy Spirit. We're still able to minister. And you just start finding the things where God's mercy is. Um, I think so many times, especially in this generation, people are trying to find where God isn't. And I'm Mm. like, when you got the Holy Ghost, it's hard to find where he isn't. He's everywhere. (laughs) um, It's like, okay, so you might have some issues in your marriage, but y'all still in the same house. You're still together. You know, (laughs) kids might be going through a rebellious stage, but you know what? They're still in the jurisdiction and the loving care of your, um, you know, they haven't left yet. So it's like trying to find where God is um, has been something that's kept me grounded in more difficult seasons. It's like, you know, uh, we've suffered miscarriage. Well, you know, and I know that some people might be like, well, that's a trigger. Don't say that to me. But for me, it was saying like, okay, well, we experience this loss, but what are the things that we do have in our life that we can choose to be grateful for? Right. Um, at the time we had one healthy child. Okay. Well, thank you, Lord. We, we got to experience, you know, that, that season of life. And that was beautiful. And Lord, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Now we were blessed and Everly came kicking and screaming, you know, eventually, but it's like, you know, we weren't gonna, we weren't gonna, it's okay to grieve. It's not okay to live there, you know? And so I think when you go through difficult things, um, whether it's things that happen to you, um, or the messes that you make yourself, right? The sins that we commit. Um, the Bible says in Romans, you know, we're, we're always doing the thing we don't want to do. Yeah. In other words, we have this sinful nature. What do we do with it, Lord? And the Lord gives us such gracious tools to use. Um, one of which is taking every thought into captivity of Christ. Well, you know, what if we didn't have to have the affair? What if the minute the thought entered our mind, we took that thought captive in Christ and say, Lord, I've had this immoral thought. I'm bringing it to you. Um, forgive me, Lord. I don't want to act on this. I'm giving it to you. And Holy spirit, you have free reign in my life to convict me in in every area. But instead what we do is we allow our minds to be demonic playgrounds and we don't take those thoughts into captivity. And so, um, you know, my, my heart in this season has been to disciple the women of our church. I do this on Monday nights, disciple the women of our church through a Bible study. So we went through John. Now we're going through Romans to give them the tools to say, you don't have to be slaves to sin because there's sin that dwells and there's sin that rules. And so you, you, you go live Mondays, the free women Monday. at what time? Yeah. Uh, uh, 7.30, 7.30, 7.30 Eastern. <laughs> And we try to disciple these, um, these things. Cause what I've got sick of watching is just women feeling like they're just victims to their life. Yeah. And we don't, we don't let men think like that. You know, you go to a men's retreat, they're like, come on, you know, like <laughs> go after God and, yeah. you know, stop thinking like that. But women, we go real soft. Oh, well, you know, you've had a hard time and blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And, and we really placate the triggers and the traumas instead of saying, Hey, this happened to you. It was unfair. It wasn't right. But bless God, you still have a purpose, a destiny. Let's pick up our big girl panties, pick up our big girl pants, and let's go after the things of God and not let the enemy just run all over our life, robbing us of our marriage, robbing us of our kids, robbing us of our future, our jobs, um, our sound mind, our sleep, you know, and really standing up to the enemy and saying, 
I I'm equipped with the power of God's word. Um, I'm not just leaning into this, this prophet, this thing, this, this teaching, like I'm leaning into the word of God. What does it say about my circumstance and, um, get activated in God's word. Mm, Don't be a victim, you know? And, uh, because we all got things that, you know, we should, you know, like the prophet, like they just wanted to lay down and die. He felt so victimized. Um, but it's like, we, we all are, you know, I, I, there's things like, I wish, you know, when people are like, oh, I wouldn't take any of it back. It's like, I would, there's things (laughs) I never, like, I, I don't ever want to, I'm like, if I, if the Lord let me, I'd be like, redo, like, no, yep. But, um, but that's not our reality. Right. So you have to, to figure out, okay, is there now sin is dwelling in all of our lives, right? It's, it's present. That's, that's the human experience. Um, but we have to know that we have a spirit that we can, um, grow that when we feed our spirit, our spirit grows. When we feed our flesh, our flesh rules. And so there's sin that dwells that's in everybody, but there's sin that rules. And the sin that rules is the robber in your life. And that's where you need freedom, deliverance, healing, you know, um, but the Holy Spirit is your number one team player. Yes. You'll allow him. He will not force himself. He's, you know, he's a gentleman. He's not going to be controlling you or anything like that. But if you'll allow him, if you'll say, Holy Spirit, convict me of my sin, um, he will remind you. (laughs) I love how his word says that, you know, there's always an exit. He won't, you will never be placed in a place of temptation where the Lord will not provide oh, yeah. you it. And so I love yep. that, he, that, that in itself gives us like, that, like you're saying the choice. It's like, God is like, here's an exit. You don't have to do this. You don't you have don't to do have all that. To, you know, and if we don't, it, it's out of his sovereignty for us. It's out of his, like a good, yes. like you're a parent. So it's like, it's out of his love for us. It's like, dude, I don't want you to choose this. It's going to yes. hurt you. It's going oh, to yeah. someone else. You know what I mean? So therefore, there is this exit because I'm not going to make this choice for you. You have free will. But I'm just saying if you do choose this, that's that heaviness that you're feeling in your heart. It's going to get bad. You yeah. know? And so there good. we are at the altars for deliverance and for healing and for prayer. When all along, as true believers, we could have taken that exit. Now, thankfully, out of his grace and mercy, when we repent, I mean, he's gracious to forgive us. And then we get a clean slate. That's still insane for me to wrap my head around, you know. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. in the midst, though, he, like a good father, he's like, listen, I'm training you up. And when those times come, I love that we're tapping into that, that like we don't, we aren't just out here, like oblivious to where we are on this sinful planet. Like we live in a dark world. It's sinful yes. everywhere. I live in Las Vegas. It's everywhere, girl. You walk anywhere. Oh, you you you, you, y'all are in New York. You know what I mean? Like you Oh see no, we ain't in Sin City. We ain't in Sin City. Don't see, okay? Like, Grace City. Grace City. That's what we'll call it. Don't say that over this entire city. Yes. But you know what I mean? Like it's not like we don't live here and we don't ourselves yeah. go through temptations and things like you were saying, but we do have access to the spirit, the very being, the very source that yes. overcame sin. So therefore we have, we can also overcome sin by leaning into him. And so, yeah, yeah for those that you think that, no, I, I have to get it together first or, or no, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't go all in because I know I'm going to mess up. Yeah. Truth is you probably will, you know, oh, especially sure. in the beginning, especially, you know, but 
it's like you said, it's a journey. It's a process. You know, God, the first two years of me knowing him, I smoked weed like crazy. Like that's all I knew. But then there came that time where he was like, okay, we're going to need to deal with this now because where you're going, this can no longer go, Brandy. You know what I mean? I'm giving you the choice. If you allow me to take this, I will help you overcome. I just did not know what life would be without weed. I'm like, it was a source for me. It was a source of joy and happiness and escaping, you know? Sure. And so journeying and every single day when I'd be tempted, you know, I would just give this to you, Lord, because it's really hard. I really want to get high right now. But here Mm -hmm. you go, Lord. You said that you would be there for me. So here you go. And a lot of times I would succeed but then there would be those times where I wouldn't take the exit and I wouldn't say here you go Lord I would just fall and just do it but then there I was with sorrow and regret and realizing what am I doing I'd sit there high as a kite thinking like I don't even know why I'm doing this anymore like like it was just so it got ridiculous you know until I finally was like you know what he is my joy like he does that's it joy that I'm wanting he does provide that escaping feeling or whatever sensation when you're in his presence and you're dwelling with him by the daily like there are so many small opportunities that you're able to witness and see with his spirit that gives you those like dang that's what's up lord even then a a look in a child's face you know what i mean like it's those endorphins that just hit you you're like oh like you know there's something about the, the purity of the holy spirit that dwells within us that allows us to be at constant you know just I don't know the dwell. There's something about the dwell, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so it's yeah. the pressure is off okay. your friend. It's off, right? That's <laughs> it. That's it. Yeah, that I mean, is. we don't have to be slaves to our sin, you yeah. know. And it, when you have sin, that's or when sin creeps at the door, that's not, um, you know, there's sin you go looking for. Okay, that's yeah. different. That's another podcast, but. Um, <laughs> There's sin you go looking for, but then there's sin that dwells in you, right? Um, anger, rage, uh, you know, there's things that you, you get cut off on the expressway or you stub your toe, you know, it's, I don't know, you know, we don't know what comes out. So that's called sin. That's just dwelling in us. But when it's ruling us, it's, do we have those feelings all the time? You know, have we dealt with those feelings? Um, and then sometimes you have people who, you know, are your accusers, right? Um, sometimes they're right. Okay. Well, what do we do with that? And I always tell my kids, I was telling them this yesterday when my oldest was like, mom, how do you deal with so much criticism all the time? And, um, I told her straight up, I said, you know, there's, there's most of the time they're wrong. Cause they're just being rude, you know? Um, but then there's times when they're right. And when they're right, I have to agree quickly. Wow. Oh, wow. You're right. Lord, help me to help me not to be, um, uh, help me to have a, a a thick skin, but with a soft heart, That's good. you know, where I'm willing to change. I'm willing to grow mm-hmm. because I know that sin is in me, right? That's what Paul said. We always want to do the things, but if it is, so I have to, I have to wrestle with that. You know, um, there are times where we listen to our accusers too much, another podcast, right? But, <laughs> um, but you know, you, there's sometimes when they're right, when, you know, you're, if you have a lot of tension in your marriage, but your spouse is like, you got a bad attitude. Okay. Well, what if they're right? Mm-hmm. You know, you got to deal with that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what if your boss is, you know, a jerk to you all the time, but what if that one meeting he's, he's right. Yeah. You got to concede right. quickly and say, you know what, Holy spirit, I want you more than I want to be right. Mm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Oh, lots of, lots of 
things that I'm sure are resonating with people as they're watching this. Like, dang, dang, she calling me out. Like, <laughs> my mistakes, ladies. I, I was about to say the same thing. Like, listen, if we're calling you out, I mean, we've experienced this more times than we know. Like, yes, yes. Yes. So just kind of concluding in a sense, Pastor Julie, I don't want to keep you forever, which I wish I could. I wish I could have you in my back pocket with you. Um, so um, let's see. Let's see. What's the most thing that I feel like? Okay. Yes. So basically, I wanted to know this for a hot season whenever I was going through it. For those who feel like um, uh, they're in a church, like at all, like I, I just don't, don't feel like. I, I truly sense the Lord is uprooting me and telling me to go elsewhere, but I'm struggling with that. Like, because I feel like it's wrong. That was literally my mentality. Like, I'm like, no, I need to be rooted somewhere. And do you know what I mean? And it took God to like smack me it with like a firm confirmation. Like, no, I am telling you that I am uprooting you and I'm placing you somewhere else, you know? And so for those who may feel that way, like what, what should we look for in a church um, uh, a true Holy Spirit grounded biblical, I mean, biblically sound church. Um, and is it okay to leave your current church and go to another if you feel so inclined, if you truly feel led by the Holy Spirit? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. what does that look like? And is it okay for those who have been stuck in a church that they just, they're like, I just feel like I have to be here? You know what mm. I mean? They're not yeah. Cool. It's a really good question, especially me being a pastor. You know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to answer this like as most unbiased way that I absolutely can because um I think that this is you know, for those who get saved in our church and attend our church, we have a lot of people in our church that this is the first church they've ever attended. Mm -hmm. And so this may not may not resonate with them um if they're listening or whatever. Um and so we have a lot of that. And then we have people who have come from, you know, saints, they've come from other churches, they've been to a few churches over the course of their life. And um, I myself have been in several transitions in my life. And so, you know, I know that maybe the traditional answer would be like, well, bless God, you plan in a church and you're there for the, the rest of your life. And, and I do think that if you could do that, that is a beautiful thing. My grandfather was um, saved in a church and stayed at that same church for his whole life, basically, that I know of. I, maybe they had like one transition, but it was still under the same whatever. It was a denomination. Um, so he still stayed within that same structure. And so I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, but the reality is, as we go through transitions, we move, um, yeah. uh, our seasons change, um, you know, our convictions change. Uh, the needs of our family changes, the needs of our marriage changes. And so, you know, I think it would be silly to say like, the Lord's never going to put you in another church. I Where I feel like people have some weird things is they put it all on the Lord. You know, they don't take responsibility for the fact of like, hey, I don't really align with this, you know, way of teaching or this, whatever, whatever it is. Um, I don't like their kids program or they won't just own it sometimes, yeah. you know, like, like, um, a lot of times people come to our church for deliverance because their church doesn't believe in deliverance. And what we'll say is like, man, we don't want to do anything to dishonor or be countercultural against your church because we love your pastor and we believe in the local church. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of puts us in a weird situation and we always send them back to their pastor. And then we just tell them to pray like, okay, 
you need to go back to him or them and talk to the talk to them about this decision because we would never want to dishonor the man of God who's married you, you know, uh, has fed you when you've been in the hospital, visited you when you were sick, um, raised you up from youth all the way into adulthood. And so um, we honor that. And I think if, if you can do that for your whole life, that's ideal. Um, my hope is that my kids are planted in V1 church and raised there until the, Jesus comes back. That's, that's my prayer and my hope. Um, I know that people go through transitions and, and I would say this, um, you know, where you, uh, where people get, I hear this a lot, um, getting fed, you know, that's something the purpose of church is to come together to corporately worship, to hear the word being preached and proclaimed and to pray, um, for whatever, for whatever the needs are, you know, maybe in that community or in that specific church and to pray and prophesy over each other. That is the primary function of the church. The church is not there to answer every, um, you know, need known to man, you know, they can't possibly feed everybody in in the world. It's it, although the church is the leading, they're leading that charge. Well, I, I believe because every pantry out here is ran by a church where I live. Um, and so I think they're doing an awesome job. I think our church does a great job with that. Um, but you know, that, that isn't their primary function. Their primary function is to preach and teach the word. And so you have to, as a believer say, can I receive the word here? And, and if you can't, maybe they, like, they, like I said, people who maybe they don't believe in the gifts and operations of the spirit and the Lord, you've read the Bible. We've had people who've been in churches where they don't believe in speaking in tongues. They read about it in the Bible. They get filled with the Holy spirit. And then they're like, okay, now what do I, now what do, I do? You know? Um, and so then you need to find a church that believes in the gifts and operations of the spirit, but own that. Like own that, just say, Hey, um, you know, because God will never send us somewhere. And we've, we've even heard this over the years, like, well, the Lord just hasn't released me to leave. Listen, if you're having that thought, you're good to go. <laughs> you just go ahead and go then. Because once our hearts are not knitted together as congregant pastor, as sheep shepherd, um, how can we agreeably keep walking together in unity That's and so generosity so and freedom and love? It's like once your heart disconnects from from that, you are not doing the Lord any honor by extending that season, you know. Yeah. And and I'll say that for my own church, um, I've had conversations where I'm like, no, 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 I think it's good. I think you're good. <laughs> I think you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? There it's peace in their heart. It's peace in my heart because those who are in our church for me, unity is a, is a high value. I have no value for drama. Um, and so I want our church to be a safe place where people can be discipled, where they can get freedom, where they don't have to feel like somebody is always out for them or, you know, they got to be skeptical all the time. And so I think when your heart disconnects for those, you know, outside of here, trying to figure out if they should leave a church, as soon as your heart disconnects from your pastor, own it. Don't put it on the Lord. Don't put it on some prophetic word or dream. Like own it. I am no longer in alignment with these values. Here's why you've been a blessing to my life and leave silently. 
Um, there's no honor for sowing discord or strife. Yeah. The Bible says where there's strife, there's every evil work, yeah. you know, and don't dishonor a man or woman of God who've, who've invested. Maybe, yeah, they're human. Hello. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the human experience. Welcome. Mm-hmm. You're, we're glad yeah. you're here. Sin dwells in them and it dwells in you. Um, and none of us are coming out. <laughs> None of us are coming out clean, but I will say ministers are held to a higher standard. And I've met every single one that I've ever met has taken their position extremely seriously with extreme fear of the Lord. And of course, there's a few bad eggs out there. I've been around them, whatever. I I, I get it. Um, But I would say I think the majority of pastors are, are, are just trying to honor God. And so when we feel like it's time to move on, just own that, you know, do them the, do them the due diligence of a conversation, um, thank them and leave silently, you know, and I think that's the best thing that you could do because the Lord is going to take you on a journey. I wish that every single person in V1 church was going to be there forever, but you know what? I know that transitions come. People move. New York is very transient. Yeah. And there are people who move boroughs and can no longer attend our church anymore because of the way that the trains and the just the way that it is, it becomes very, very, very difficult. Yeah. And they have to make a hard decision. And we honor that decision in their life. Um, and so that's what I would say. I would say own it. Um, if if it's a if it's a theology thing, like it's okay if your pastor doesn't change like he probably won't change uh his theology but go find somewhere you know that that believes those things that you're looking you know that that maybe you need more of whether that's i don't know some people their high emphasis on spiritual encounter and low emphasis on teaching the word you know maybe you're in a season where you need a higher emphasis of that some it's the opposite it's high emphasis on the word low no encounter you know, you got to go on a journey with that, but own it. Right. That's so Don't good. hide behind the Lord. That's like, good. you know, just own it. Because yeah. God just wants you to go to, <laughs> he just wants you to go to church. Like go to church, tithe your money, yeah. honor your pastor, you know, go yeah. somewhere where the gifts and I believe the full Bible. I don't believe in going to churches where it's like half of it, part of it, a section of it, like believe the whole thing. Yeah. Um. So that's my, my advice. And it yeah. is okay. Um. But do it honorably. It's not okay to do it dishonorably, in my opinion. (laughs) I think V1 Church works for me so much. Like it just makes, because my husband's military and so we're moving, right? Mm -hmm. And even before, like my background is like foster care and stuff. So that whole like moving around, you know what I mean? Has just been my whole life, you know? And when I moved each town I moved to, you know, since I've been saved back in 2009, I've been, I moved to a town and I plant until the Lord moves me to another Mm -hmm. town. Then I plant another town and I plant right and so and I love that you say leave silently it's always been just I've always felt that conviction to do not ever raise your tongue against a minister in general like you know what I mean in a sense of like where you're sowing discord you know what I mean that is you don't know where I have them you don't know what I'm doing in their life you know and if they stumbled and you've witnessed it still you pray for them you lift them up in prayer if you're really concerned about it you go and pray for them alone you know what I mean? Like, and let that be, you know what I'm yep. saying? Just the Lord is always definitely, I, I highly agree with that because I've, I've seen a lot of like it in the church, especially today. It's so prevalent for division just to come in and just 
just bleed all over and it makes us look so bad to the people that don't know the Lord. It's embarrassing. It's truly embarrassing. It's like, dude, this is not the church. I'm sorry. This is not the body of Christ. How we truly are. You know what I mean? Like this is a high misrepresentation of who we truly are. We really are a big family worldwide and we love the Lord, but those who had don't have that, I don't know, sense from the Lord to just don't do that, dude. Don't division. A division is just not of the Lord, but yeah. So with V1 Church for myself, um, it being online, it felt a little weird that it was online for myself. Oh, um, that's different, isn't it? I'm the one who does Lord like, so it's just me and my husband. We just like in our living room, like it's just like we're having the normal Bible study with you guys discipling us, you know. Um, but it just works. I'm like, you know what, Lord? Because I've always desired that. It is hard. It, it is hard whenever I'm uprooted and I leave. You know what I mean? Like, sure. man, there's people, there's family there. You know what I mean? Things like that. But this, I feel like it's a great season for me personally, and maybe for anyone else that's in the same situation yeah. where your military spouse or your military family, you know what I mean? And y'all are constantly moving, you know what I mean? And um, for me and my husband, it's working tremendously for us. Now I don't feel the pressure and the heartache of having to uproot, uproot. all the time. You know, I can just plug in from all over the world anywhere to my pastors and be discipled by my um, you know, by you through free women collect, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and then do my own thing with the ministry that the Lord's, you know, given in my hands, you know what I mean? Just knowing that I have a covering, um, that lines mm-hmm. up with where I feel the Lord has led me to minister to through too, you know? And, uh, yeah. So Beautiful. thank you, Pastor Julie. Thank you so much for allowing me to pick your heart, your brain. Thank you for being something I truly, truly value so much about you guys. Um, and honor and just love about y'all, you, both you and Pastor Mike, is how transparent y'all are, how authentic y'all are. No, I'm not kidding. Like, there is nothing phony or fake. There's no, like, facade about you guys. Like, y'all just come out and y'all like, this is us. Y'all, y'all can take it or leave it. We just love Jesus. And we just Listen, love what we to do. Like, <laughs> it was a messy past and we yell at our kids still. So <laughs> take it or leave it. I love it. I can relate. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can relate and I love it. So, Pastor Julie, I'm, and just to just, um, Pastor Mike, too, I, I truly love you guys. And I, I look forward to just continuing to um, grow under y'all. And I really believe that I truly finally found a church to be able to go through my life with and pray that my kids will be able to serve under y'all's ministry as well someday, too. And you know what I mean? Like, this is really cool. And I'm thankful. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. I know you're a busy woman. So thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to pastor. um, Just, it's an honor to do the Lord's work in general, but it's an honor to pastor your family. We don't take that lightly. And um, I just pray this is a blessing and we're grateful for y'all. It will be. be. We'll see you. We'll see you in in the fall. Yes, girl. Oh, yes. Yes, y'all. Here in Las Vegas, the V-Love Project Conference, we are hitting mental, physical, and spiritual health. Pastor Julie is going to be our spiritual health speaker. She's going to elaborate what being spiritually healthy looks like. Uh, We'll have a mental health speaker, and then we'll have fitness coaches coming in to teach on just basically how to stay healthy in a very basic way. You don't have to go no CrossFit, Spartan races. To be yeah. able to just have a healthy body. You know what I'm saying? Like, Thank the so Lord. We're going to tap into all the things regarding just being a whole person. And we're just going to be so honored to have Pastor Julie coming in to elaborate, um, be our speaker for spiritual health. So that'll be October 8th here in Las Vegas. We'll be promoting that here soon. 
So y'all be tapping into that, and you'll be hearing more about that soon. So I love you, Pastor Julie. I love you already. Thank you Thank for coming you. on, and we will see you soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see you soon. Okay, bye.